0: I'm Wendy Rigby, host of Texas Biobytes from Texas Biomed. Today we're talking about the miniature but mighty marmoset, an important animal research model. We take care of more than 300 of these tiny monkeys. They're yielding some important answers about human health issues. I talked to the folks who run the marmoset colony about these curious little creatures that sound like this.
1: My name is Jen Blake, and I am the supervisor of the marmoset and rodent areas.
0: What makes marmosets good animal models for biomedical research?
1: The nice thing about marmosets is that their lifespan is is condensed in comparison to the macaque or the baboon, so we do a lot of aging studies, and by eight years old they're considered geriatric. They also are known for twinning every time they they deliver. They deliver sometimes twice a year, so we do a lot of reproduction studies on them as well, so they make nice models for both of those, those representations.
0: How would you describe them to people who have not ever seen one in person?
1: I would explain them as uh, being much smaller than one would think.
0: Less than a pound.
1: Much less than a pound, yeah. So we're, we're looking at, you know, if you want to try and put things in ounces. At birth, they're, you know, less than an ounce.
0: When it comes to food provided for enrichment, marmosets have broad culinary tastes.
1: Um, anything from hard-boiled eggs, cottage cheese, uh, garbanzo beans, raisins, apples, all the things you can think of.
0: So these guys, where do they live naturally?
1: So they're actually uh, from, you know, they're South America. You're going to look, you know, a lot in the Brazil area, um, which is why our rooms are commonly kept at 85 degrees and hotter. Um, our humidity ranges anywhere in the 50s to 70s, so it's it's quite warm in there for them. Little subtropic animals.
0: No wonder I was sweating. Yes. Tell us about the noise they make.
1: They have a lot of different vocalizations. Um, I know there's some papers out there that are trying to decipher between the different vocalizations that they make, but they have much more of a, of a high pitch calling sound than you would find in like the barking sounds that you hear from the baboons.
0: One of the scientists told me that they are also a good animal model for biomedical research because if you have just a little bit of a compound you're testing, mm-hmm. these are small animals. Mm-hmm. Can you explain?
1: where you would maybe give four or five mils to a bigger animal. These guys, you can downsize it to, you know, a half a mil. If you mix anything with yogurt or cottage cheese, anything viscous, they'll actually just eat it right up. So it makes, makes oral dosing very, very easy. So it's nice because a lot of the research we do with them is, is not invasive at all. It's just doing oral dosing and, and tracking them through the, the study.
0: And so if you have a compound that's also in short supply or is a precious yeah. resource, this is a good model. Yes,
1: most definitely, most definitely.
2: I'm Donna Lane Cologne, and I'm the Marmoset breeding colony manager. I oversee the entire colony, their genetics, some interact with the supervisor for daily husbandry stuff, pick animals for projects, participate in projects, I've been with the marmoset colony about 25 years, but we've only been here since 2001.
0: So tell us about marmosets. What are they like?
2: Most of the colonies in the U.S. have been in captivity for, you know, decades now. So there are no animals imported from the wild or anything like that. Uh, They live in um, sort of like more nuclear families. So a breeding male, breeding female, and all of their offspring is the group, whereas a lot of the old world monkeys out here it's one male and several females in a harem so they have little families they have little families little nuclear families the females routinely ovulate and produce twins or higher litters and they have a fertile postpartum estrus so they deliver babies and can be pregnant again in 12 to 14 days so prolific 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 They are used in um, biocontainment-type studies, so Zika, Ebola, Marburg, those sorts of things that go into the BSL-4. They are also used in obesity-type studies, so especially looking at maternal obesity, and effects on intrauterine environment and lifespan after that, which they're also looking at.
0: Marmosets don't always act like you think monkeys act.
2: They don't care whether they're upside down or sideways, or and you got a lot of head head cocking uh, to see what you look like. We we all look better sideways. <laughs> Almost bird-like. Mm-hmm. And they're also scanning whenever they're in groups. They're they're scanning aerial
0: also. Because they're likely to be prey in the wild. Yes. <laughs> Why are they inside? Uh,
2: they don't tolerate cold really well.
0: Is there anything about marmosets that you think normal people don't know that you would like them to know, since you are so intimately familiar with them?
2: We do things related to research biomedical, but they're also um, a really neat animal just to look at what goes on in their life history for them as a, as a species. You know, just basic, basic biology. They're just really cool animals to work with.
0: You've been listening to Texas Biobites from Texas Biomed. We're passionate about sharing science with you. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe. You can sign up on iTunes or log on to our website, txbiomed.org. Look up the podcasts and sign up by email. Plus, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Thanks for listening. I'm Wendy Rigby.